0: again okay everyone um, it's an honor to stand here in front of you today um, of course it's going to be about roasting um, I will be focusing on espresso I um, I would like to lift the question if it's more and more and more it's going to be about um, a brew method with a more like clear and pure taste profile or if it's still going to be very much about um, roasting style. So, I'm Alm. You've already introduced me so nicely, so I'm not going to do it again, but mainly I'm a roaster and a green coffee buyer. Uh, I have Drop Coffee in Stockholm. We are um, very quality-driven, Roastery in, um, in Stockholm, founded in 2009. And also, we're holding these titles. When we started roasting at coffee or when I started roasting, I felt that, I mean, we had, this, we had this vision, and like a really, really beautiful idea about what is actually happening if we don't have any roast notes in the espresso, and somewhere from, from there, I think that, I mean, you have this, like, just as a vision should be, it was like naked and clear in, in, in your mind, but before you have done a lot of research, it's tricky to actually find the arguments on, on what you're doing. So this was yeah, almost five, five years ago now, and it's been a lot of like trial, and errors and uh, yeah so you can see this as my years of of research if you like to uh, the very first year and yeah up until like even today this is like a, a fairly wild vision it's um you know like more of a dark roast style history that we're coming from and it's tricky to get uh, support before you get, yeah, all the argues. Uh, many of the tweets were more, more about, oh, you're too lazy. You don't bother roasting different for filter and for espresso. And um, you're being, you're being so young. You're like teenager, just being foolish. You have this idea, like it's all cloudy and cottons. And uh, yeah, I've been having. Um a lot of trial scenario, and today I do have a few more answers, at least. We'll see. Um, yeah, so again, as you can see, what we're doing is that we're letting uh, the brewing method be, be the focus, not the roasting. So we're trying to keep all of the actual flavors from the moment that the cherry is being picked through the processing, through roasting, landing on the cupping table and will finish up in the brewing vessel, in this case, the espresso. If I do have roasty notes on the cupping table, I'm struggling a lot in not having them in the final cup. And if I would like to present all of this super citric, medium intense uh, acidity in this cup. I find it very hard to do that, or I still haven't managed if I don't have it on the cupping table. So if I would like to present a coffee as it max, its absolute most potential, I still find that I do need to roast it to have all of those characteristics, even if it's going to be Uh, a brewing method that still have higher pressure and yeah, all this, you know. So what expectations do we have on espresso? This, uh, the Kaminsky and um, Purge team has talked a lot about. I was asking just the other day, some um, new customers coming to our cafe in Stockholm. It's like, okay, so honestly, what do you like, what do you expect of the espresso that we just ordering? They were ordering like, yeah, we would like, um, yeah, two espressos and one cappuccino. And we are still not talking about, yeah, I would like, what espresso do you have today? Do you have vote from Jirga Käffe? Okay, I would like two of them or I would like the water and I would like it brewed as espresso or I would like to brewed as filter. We are still having the focus. Even when I came here today, out here it was, would you like an espresso? Yeah, sure. Um, and we're roasters and professional baristas. and like, but what, what's the coffee? What's the actual coffee? Um, so they were answering intense, chocolatey, strong, slightly bitter, balanced, and they were pointing out about how much it was they were expecting in the final cup. And um, when I buy raw coffee, I always get the question, like, yeah, but don't you want to bulk up on something for espresso? Like something with, uh, with <laughs> uh, more chocolatey, nutty, where you have a better margin that you can just, you know, pump out. Uh, and that's fine. I mean, I do have a, a huge, respect for for I mean this can be tasty as well a chocolatey and nutty coffee can be super tasty but it will reach a level say if you're actually buying an old crop coffee and trying to roast that you can hide some flavors but it's also as Fabio as you may know the Brazilian um, uh, specialty coffee yeah Uh, professor Uh, he recently did a research and he could see that from from one year's old crop, all of the coffees had lost flavors. Some were having defects, but all of them scored lower in, in quality and uh, when tasting it and brewed in, in different kind of ways. So this just meaning that we're ending, like we're buying the very best coffees uh, for espresso. And we know that in the blends, it's absolutely a blend can be fantastic and beautiful but we know that often many of our not-the-best coffees are ending up there. Uh, this is my idea of an espresso. A presentation of a coffee based on its origin and character in, a, in t- an intense cup. Agree? Hmm? Um, but then we do have to look at like getting the focus into what coffee is it? How do we, pres- we present this specific coffee as it most? For me, I, as I said, I don't, haven't found another way than trying to add all of the tasty flavors, all of the sweetness, all of the acidity, if it's a considered nice acidity, into that very cup and ending up in, in the final espresso. So again, the raw coffee we're buying will impact how good our, or will be like the, the answers of how, how good our very best espresso can be. Yeah, this you know, like just keep it in mind. Coffee is needed, and it can also be that one likes roasted flavor. It's it's not really what I'm trying to convince. I just want to open up what can an espresso be? Roasting for espresso. Um, If you look at those two, I would say that that one is considered as we would just uh, categorize as a dark roast. Agree? Light roast? Medium roast? Yeah. Um, I don't find it being really that easy. When we, perhaps we should call the my rightmost the Scandinavian roast. Um, for, a, for a very, very long time, we were, when we were so super, we knew that we were afraid of adding roast notes into the coffee. So we ended up with roasting coffee too light, and it still had some green notes in it, and I think that the word light roast still have like a big a big hangover from what we actually were, were doing then and how we were roasting the coffee. A uh, light roast I don't think should be necessarily having a green note. Uh, it's very often when I taste coffee that I consider dark roast actually have some underdevelopment and a light roast actually have some, some roasty notes to it. And um, what I said, uh, say when we, when we were doing this, when we were getting the coffee too green, we focused a lot, are you all familiar with a, with a curve, with a roasting curve? Say at, on my roaster, on, on 197 degrees, it's been built up like a super high pressure of carbon dioxide and the coffee expands and cracks, um, before we used to focus a lot there and see like, okay, this is where the coffee is developing. That's there. Now we're more looking at the whole curve. What is happening throughout the curve? When do we de- give a, a lot of energy? When do we perhaps reduce some energy from it? So this being said that we now have a more, <laughs> a more developed coffee throughout the curve. So our, our developed develop time, or as sometimes that I perhaps shouldn't say with this one, is that we're calling it destruction time, actually, it <laughs> uh, that we are more and more and more, like say, if we actually have roasted the coffee fully through, through the curve, then it doesn't need to do more than crack. You can tweak it, you can see, okay, I would like to take down the acidity an inch, I would like to do, yeah. Uh, add some of those notes, then we can do that there. But it's more focused within the curve. What are we doing here? And this has helped us us a lot in uh, talking about solubility in coffee and how how easy it can be to brew uh, considered light roast or a coffee without roasty notes. Um, Keeping the flavor, this is a coffee, uh, Ethiopia, Hunkute. when we're talking about filtered coffee, we have done that. this brilliant, I think. We're communicating so, so much about what coffee is this, like what's the aftertaste, da-da-da-da-da. Um, but in an espresso, we're not letting the coffee shining through enough. I think that uh, everyone knows, like as a roaster, that's what you're working with. This is your tool. It's the raw coffee. It's no one that doubts how super necessary the raw coffee is. But if you really try to push it, push it even more, like be... Be wild and see. Yeah, what's actually? What's the scary part of letting all of this acidity out? What's the scary part of letting all of this sweetness out, um, and letting it take more place in the espresso? Um, what I do when I, when we finally are coming to the brewing, say that from all those steps, we are trying to keep the tasty flavors, all of the acidity, all of the sweetness. Same thing with. The brewing. Um, I was judging the brewers' cup, and the acidity were horrible on the compulsory coffee in this case. And um, then it came one really, really good cup of um, or presentation of the cup, and it was just sweet. All of the tasters' uh, flavors were good, uh, but not all of the acidity were presented, in this case that was a good thing because the acidity was the sour part and just being sour like a bad acidity and it was brewed on a lower temperature. And it's the exact same thing when I'm roasting coffee, like okay, how much energy can I give early? The acidity is the first thing we're normally like working with and pushing and trying to get out. Um, our coffees, like when we're brewing it, just like compared to the yeah, the recommendations for a dark roast five years ago and even three years ago we didn't have much of, a, of a sweetness in those cup uh, coffees the coffee weren't so soluble at all uh, we ended up with espresso tasting too light and um, filter coffees tasting too dark just because we didn't know how to brew it um, So, like simplify, I normally describe it that the first thing you're extracting is the acidity and then make sure you have all of the sweetness. Working with the sweetness, like in general, I I do love, it gives so much of body to the coffee that we've been like so fully sharp focused on that it should have mainly to do with the fats in the coffee. And then I cut it sometimes before the bitterness. And those are, Two examples that I do have on, um, or I brought two different recipes for brewing. Um, Abusaco is from uh, Nariño in Colombia. Mature character with a medium body, flavors of a hibiscus and raspberry, lingering sweet aftertaste. Um, extracting quite long time, but besides um, that, dosing 18, double out. We do have almost the same recipe dosing 1838 out on uh, Epiphany Mehirwa from Rwanda that is way more light, light-bodied, uh, juicy mouthfeel. It's this specific coffee's character at its most. It's super high in the acidity and we're trying to push all of that out. Um, also when we're talking about the raw coffees and to roasting all of the raw coffees as at it most I, I could see this like the main focus is all the time to try to push everything out. And that means if a coffee from Brazil, for example, say okay, no but I really, really prefer chocolatey nutty coffees. Let's go for um, that certain region in uh, Colombia or this Brazilian coffee if you would like something more creamy, etc. And if you like it's one way to look at it to start to hide or like okay then this should be even more chocolatey then this should be even more um mature and perhaps some have some more nutty nose but i think it's so like to actually give that coffee a fair chance is to present all of the acidity in that one as well it will end up with like a perhaps a light to medium intense uh acidity in the cup, but all of that coffee's character is presented. So, like, I am always would like all of the acidity, all of the sweetness possible if it's a good coffee coming out. Um, Yeah, flavor is key. Um, I think it's, we all can agree on that, and it's like a million ways of brewing coffees, as many as as there is YouTube movies. but we all have to, I don't know, I, I, I guess I'm, what I'm trying to say is that I'm, I would really like to see that we started to be more, even more brave about uh, espresso. We have so much science around brewing now, about roasting, so we can actually, like, it's not, it's not that scary. Look at the filter coffees that we're serving now, just like, okay, see all of the potential those coffees actually have and uh, push them. Like, be brave, let them be totally different. Not about roasting um, a Yirga chef that should suit an espresso. Think about, okay, this is a Yirga Käffe. When we brew it for espresso, it will be wild. Start to look at the actual coffee and then the brew method. How do we brew this to push all of that further?
1: Okay.
2: That was, a, that was amazing. Questions, questions. There must be questions. That was
3: great. Thank you. I do share your vision. Uh, However, what we struggle with a lot when it comes down to roasting for espresso is our customers, and now I mean both wholesale and retail, not being able to extract the coffee in the way we do Mm. because we use RO, we use EKs. So we live in this kind of bubble, but then we... We, s- we need to sell the coffee, right? Mm. And 99% of all those customers, they don't have RO water, they mm. don't have uh, methods grinders or EK grinders, and they just cannot extract it well enough. Uh, mm. Do you, can you comment on that or do you have the same experience?
0: No, I, I do have the exact same experience. We were talking about this, me and Brian, just the other day, that we used to stand behind the counter and defend so bad what we were doing, almost like, yes, uh, are you ready? This will be citric, this will be juicy. Uh, so it was like, almost like we were defending it. Now I'm working with a Michelin restaurant that used to be super scared about specialty coffee, perhaps of the like, what, how we presented it in the beginning as well. Um, but they are just going out to the table saying, here, here's your coffee from this farmer. Like not over-presenting it, not like talking about altitude, nearly not variety of the coffee. They're just presenting it and with a smile saying, please enjoy. And then they're coming back one minute later saying, how was it? with a smile and talking about the character of the coffee. And I think that just this, that we have been defending, defending, defending what we're doing, like this is so odd, this is so rare. And mainly we've been focusing on the, or me at least, on the acidity in the coffee. But when we start to look at, wow, this coffee is super sweet. Like it's, it's super sweet and it's bright and it's clear in the flavor and it's not necessarily bitter in the finish. Like, but more like instead of talking about acidity, more uh, look at, sweetness like that is more flirty in a way so does that make sense
4: cool more questions there
2: must be more questions because i've got billions i got a ton yeah
4: honestly they're
2: like nobody else getting a word in later
4: hi um (laughs) you touched on development time um i wonder what you think about the language that we use when we're talking about roasting. I, in general, think it's reasonably confusing. Um, and everybody has a different interpretation of what certain terms mean. And in particular, I think, you know, talking about development time is very, very confusing for people because it mm. sort of supposes that the end bit is, is the important part when the whole curve is, is where everything happens. Um, so do you think we need to start looking at a new language for roasting? Or do we need to clarify some of these terms that are used?
0: I think that we just need to clarify the terms. I mean, we are understanding so much more now what is happening. Um, I mean, I'm mainly kidding. I don't have a like, problem with the word development time. That's okay. But I think that, yeah, perhaps that we're actually using development time so bad. But how much is the actual rate to rise throughout that time? And also when we go into crack? But also what, what's the actual end temperature that we're going out on? I've been looking a lot into sweetness in coffee lately and I can see like a big difference in how how steep we're going towards crack. And so I don't think like we've been like, okay, so what's the development time on this? 1.30, oh, that's uh, nuts. No, it's not, it can still be a considered uh, light coffee but it will,
2: I'd also like to add into that one as well that I think the problem with terms like development time and we talk about our drop temperatures and our charge temperatures, it's like having espresso machines that like every single one works completely differently. I work on four roasters and mm. we have four completely different beasts that react in a different way. So when I talk about development time on one of the machines, uh, it will be a completely different meaning on the other machine that's right next door to it. Um, so this is a lot of the problem with the language is that we don't have the same crossovers that we do, for instance, with espresso machines that, you know, we're working with the same beasts mm. that do things slightly differently. Mm. Um, Yeah, there was a question down there. Um, Hey, I enjoyed the uh, presentation very
5: much. How do you... uh, What is your dream menu in a cafe? And maybe you can tell me about what you do now, but how could our menus change? Because uh, I think, you know, as as coffees become more brave, I can imagine that in some you really don't want to put, you know, just a little bit of milk because it's not might not, you know, be harmonious, harmonious balance. Uh, Also, uh, when are we going to finally figure out how to serve a lot of coffees well, especially espresso? Right, because a lot of shops will have, uh, you know, four filters and then one or two espressos because we're scared we can't dial it in or keep it. Do you have any comments on this thing? How to serve these brave coffees?
4: Do Is there a need to serve many espressos? Why Why would you want to do that? I hate oh, options. Personally, well, I, 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 like, I want one or two options. Oh, Don't I worry. totally agree. Yeah, but it's
0: also the, the opposite. I mean, I, I love the whole idea. I, I agree. Like, I'd rather serve one thing really good that we can control and we can present, et cetera. But like, at, at so many points, I find it being more feet on the ground to talk about the actual coffee that we're having then, okay, brewed like this with milk, without milk, da 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 da, talk about the actual coffee. Like, okay, say if you then have, uh, consider having three coffees. Okay, what coffee would you like? And how would you like it brewed? Like, that I also like the idea of that, but it would be, like in theory now, it would be a mess, and most likely in, in my bar at least, we, would, we wouldn't serve all of them to perfection.
5: I agree, but, and I will, you know, it would be so wonderful if we could be like wine bars. It would actually move this point forward because if there's one espresso, then that's how you're gonna order. Give me your espresso. What do you, what, what do I have to have today? Oh, today I have to have a Kenyan. fine. You know, that's how we present it because we somehow haven't figured out the technology to serve without chaos six espressos. I think mm. it would be cool.
4: Mm. I mean, with the, I've been running a bar with with an EK uh, serving three or four espressos at the same time. It's not fun, uh, at least for me. I have to work a lot, uh, and and I feel I can I can keep it much more consistent if we only have two or max three choices. Um, but I mean, I agree with that, and and I think it would be pretty cool having a menu where you have, in case you don't have separate roasts for espresso and filter coffee, so you could order let's say, the epiphany from Rwanda, and then just decide which brew method. Mm-hmm. Like, if you have or V60, espresso is just another brew method, really. And having the same coffee, but you could decide on which way to have it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just an idea. But and especially what, what now,
0: say, it? when we're starting to learn more and understand more about extractions and solubility, it's not really, like, it may not always be spot on Perfect, and we n- all know, like, okay, we want to keep the speed up, and we would like to work consistently and find systems that are working, so we can replicate and do it, like, if we actually have, have a long line. But otherwise, I don't find it being like rocket science to dial in an espresso anymore. It's not like it's quite easy if you know if you do know the coffee and the, like how much it's um, soluble. Then it's actually it's, it's not too hard.
4: Yeah, so. I agree. Mm. It's not too hard.
2: More questions? Uh,
3: speaking about solubility, uh, how do you approach blending? Sorry? Uh, speaking about solubility, how do you approach blending, espresso blending? Uh, do you do you measure solubility before you buy the coffees for blends? If they will work together? What's your approach? Or to blend or not to blend? That's the question, right?
0: <laughs> no, that's, that's fine. Um, I haven't been blending coffee in four years. So um, I think like, as I said, I honestly think it can be equally tasty. And I see that like the, uh, even the specialty coffee now still has a need for for blends. So it's not that. Uh, I do give a lot of roasting courses. And then what we're trying to do mainly then is that we try to roast it for the same solubilities and then blending it afterwards.
2: More questions? I'm going to I'm gonna ask a question, because I'm going to just get one of them out now. Are there some coffees that just don't suit espresso? Are there some coffees that you just, whatever you do to them, are not going to work in the espresso machine? Or do you believe all coffees can be pulled around to be I good? I
0: do believe all coffees can taste good for espresso. But... <laughs> <laughs> Kenyan coffees that has like the highest, you know, the phosphoric acidity and it's just like peaking and being super high and it, you need to brew it so very carefully, but just with that one, I do find it being even worse when you're roasting it for espresso or like darker or one degree up. It's just like when you add too much heat to that uh, acidity, it's just like, you know, like chili. Like, when you have an espresso and then it feels like chilly when you're swallowing it. No? Oh. Um... Mm. So that's the tricky one, but I, then I would actually m- even more prefer, like, roasting not too dark.
2: Last chance. Oh!
0: Get to do the, uh,
2: Coming up the stairs.
6: <laughs> I'm making you run, Steve. <laughs> um, I understand the idea of you know representing each coffee for what it what it, what it has in 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 it in the bean, you know representing origins and going for terroir. If I have to okay. use that word, <laughs> um, are you not afraid you know, we're we're doing this just for ourselves? Um, like I, I got Yara's question in the beginning a little bit. You know we're. I understand that you're pushing coffee as an origin, so we're not ordering an espresso, but you come in and you order a Kenya, Mm -hmm. or you come in and you order uh, Brazil. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand the reasoning why we would wanna do that, and so more people become aware of that, but um, aren't we just doing that because we want that? Like, we we are aware of all those flavors, but do we need all of our customers being aware of those flavors, or can they just come in and ask for an espresso and have a nice experience? And like, is that valuable as a specialty coffee as well?
0: Mm. Yeah, I fully, I fully understand your thoughts, your Lisa. Um, but I do think it's just like, okay, this certain wine is only for you, who's a good taster and can like this. I think like, especially if we talk about, say, uh, a coffee from, say, that we just start to set our minds more yeah. I- in that direction, I think is what I'm, I'm trying to push. Say if we then, okay, i like something with a more mature berry note. Aha, can it then be a Santa Ana region coffee in El Salvador that has more of a chocolatey and body and like those characteristics. And that I think like everyone actually can appreciate. It's only about expectation, but I find it like working yeah, um, working really well. well that it's actually more easy to communicate what coffee it is than to communicate something totally else. It, what do you think about this?
4: I, as a, <laughs> as a barista, my my mission or my idea is 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 to make people happy, and I do that through good coffee and good service, and my approach is to make it as simple and fun as possible mm. for people. And, and I think just what Adam said about like the social intelligence, it's really important being able to read people and, and kind of maybe have a guess of what they want and, and at least start by really easy. If they just order an espresso, then I'll give them an espresso and not talk about it too much. But if they show more interest, you can go more in depth. But I think yeah, but that's I- a, it's a great question. And, and something we, I think, as an industry, uh, should discuss more.
0: Yeah, but I don't think it' like so much about like. Absolutely, we do have to see that we're we're doing this at Wayne's Coffee. They are doing this there. They are doing that, and what what coffee that is like. I'm I'm honestly I'm not even a, like a needle in a, in the, this room. It's like from the coffee being drank but at least like I'm. I think that we're communicating something, and it's working a lot easier than to me to say, this is my blend that I as a roaster have created for being this that I do believe in that suits your expectation of this specific drink. I find it more easy to talk about what's the actual coffee and this is an espresso brew. Um, I find it super cool to say with uh, especially Ethiopian coffee that was so, that was considered really wild when we started to serve those. They were way too light bodied and juicy and um, now like even i can see that i do live in scandinavia and we have many roasters like supporting like those directions but it's like even the ones doing blends is many now who's actually doing like two different say one one natural and one washed uh and blending them into a uh, so and so many single uh, like ethiopian coffees do have a lot of sweetness it's like it, it is it's just something else But I don't find it like a flavor that you have to mature so much to be able to appreciate. I think it's more easy to appreciate than something heavy.
2: I think the thing is the person that just wants had espresso as well is going to enjoy something that's delicious like and that it's up to us to make sure that it tastes good for the person that just Mm. wants the espresso as well as the person that wants the history lesson on the coffee and Mm. know the farmer's dog's name um it's really important that we look after both with delicious coffee Mm. another question i'm
1: not really sure whether i understood everything or understood understand your philosophy but in a way um you know you can have two approaches you can Please the customer, or you can please yourself. So it's kind of the whole or, whole world in between, you know. And you can do both. Try to do both, which is probably impossible, you know. Some kind of. But, so you're basically, you know. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure whether I understand. But when you think of a Picasso or whatever, Picasso never painted because of the customers. But still, buy people are crazy of his paintings. Other people buy for the. For the what mass, they and they sell yeah. well. They do also well. So uh, probably you're trying to. I'm not sure that you care about customer. I'm not sure really. Or, or you're just trying money. to. to <laughs> or you're trying to, to express yourself, and you're sure there are people who will follow you. But uh, the story of origin, and uh, of course, it's a fantastic mm-hmm. story, and it's a uh, and it's a place where I, th- I feel you more like an artist playing mm-hmm. with a coffee or somebody painting only with the blue color, mm. and the other ones use the whole palette of color because you don't blend. Mm. Why not blending, you know? That's a question, it's a philosophy. Blending could be something very interesting. It's Everything can have a defense, but I, I feel like, for me, it's more like an artistic approach where you are really trying to understand mm. the product. How much do you care about the customer, perhaps? That's my question. How much is it important <laughs> for you to understand the subject, and how much do you want to please a customer?
0: Mm. I do think that, say, you know how hard we're all working and we're here like at this very moment in the coffee scene and the coffee business and like, okay, what do I believe in? What are my vows? What is it I do, like, would like to try to to push? And, and but also it's of course a lot about like taking care of my own passion and uh, uh, absolutely so that I would find it being Boring not presenting th- the coffee if I had an idea that I could do it do it uh, Differently, but I don't think it needs to be like super I Don't know, but I, I may be naive, but I don't find it. I mean we, sto- we stopped we stop blending um you know, four years ago and like I, I remember I talked to a farmer in Panama and just like yeah You know, we were blended your your coffee and together with this and he was just like you did what so like this is his product that we are really like trying to push everything out of and present as it. absolute like he's been putting so much effort into this product and we are buying that product for that and then what is happening then then we're starting to create a new product of that like using it as a nice ingredient if you want to but it's not like presenting that at in a way it will still be some kind of filter it goes through with my roast philosophy compared to yours, compared to, so. I think, yeah.
2: I, I, I'd like to compare it to what Adam was talking about yeah. when we were talking about the sugar in the shop. And ultimately the customer will decide if they really want sugar in their coffee, they'll go to a different shop. And the fact that that shop decided not to do sugar means that, you know, th- they may lose customers. I you know I turn away customers every day. It makes me really sad because I'd like their money. But you have to have that, mindset of this is my vision, this is my goal, and, and I think it's, it's, a, it's, it's a very difficult decision to make when you're trying to grow a business and you're trying to build the business to say, no, these are our principles and this is what I do, but it sounds like that's very much what you do. doing. But
0: say like the SAE protocol, if we're talking about, you were talking about the competition earlier before I came, and like that is something that is trying to be as objective and pos- as possible, and try to really narrow down what is it we're tasting here. It used to be like crema, how thick is the crema? No, but you know all this, like how much that like each year the competition is pushed further and further and further. Now you can actually talk about the acidity doesn't have to be low medium. it can be whatever, but it, it depends on how how well it's presented um, and most people competing like are using single coffees. And I think like that, like more like, okay, is it so that, I mean, I can absolutely appreciate a blend, seriously, uh, I can love it, and it can even be better, it's just like, but is it like in general that we do we do like singles more?
2: Brian may explode if I don't let him ask one last question because I can see him like literally <laughs> jumping out of his seat, so uh, very I'm quick I'm one, but last actually question.
4: Just gonna add to Shahan's uh, question. Um, that I'm sure you care about your customers. I think it's about finding the balance between serving what the customers know or think that they want versus serving something that they don't really know can exist and, and that they can want. Um, I study marketing and, and sort of the idea there is that you find out what the customer wants and you just serve that to them and make a lot of money. But then, yeah. kind of, what Steve Jobs did is that you create something that people didn't know could exist, like an iPad. And and I think in the coffee, it's about finding balance somewhere between that. Mm-hmm. There are so many people who don't realize that coffee can taste good, or coffee can taste like lingonberry mm-hmm. or, or orange, mm-hmm. um, and they will never come across that if if they just go and and kind of if we would serve them what they want, and they might like it a lot, or then they will hate it, and. And I think it's it's about finding the balance that we are all on somewhere on that kind of line.
0: And especially, say, say if, like, otherwise, if we talk about communication and inviting more people into this business, then I find it being really hard if I just say, yeah, this is a blend we have created, or this is a, I've been hiding those flavors in, in the coffee, and tweaking this and doing this, like, instead of actually, no, this is the coffee. Now you get to learn that coffee from Honduras, from being, yeah, Whatever, how much they prefer to, to know about the coffee, they can like, just like Adam was talking about. The more you get a relation to something, you learn something, and you can actually like. Otherwise, we would all be drinking like you know blended blended whiskeys and blended you know everything. But we actually like reflect uh, over what are we drinking? What is going on here? Oh, that was that one. I appreciate that in that coffee. It's actually like I find it being like opening up and inviting more people into what we're doing. I mean, the coffee is for everyone. It's 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 nothing like, okay, this is what we're doing in our secret lab. This is the flavors of the coffee. That's it. We're working just like that on the filter menu. Like, okay, what coffee would you like? It's only said like the name of the producer. And step by step, like among those soon six years, our customers has learn to see like, oh yeah, but you know, actually I've seen that I, I really appreciate those bourbons and caturras or the centrals coffees are really my thing and what is happening when we're starting to work like that with espresso as well.
4: Brian, Sorry. go ahead.
7: Yes, um, it's it's actually more of a comment and not so much a question, but uh, like I, I live in Stockholm so I get to go to drop and I really appreciate what you do and the fact that you've been so, um, I guess bold in your philosophy, and you've kind of stuck to it, and, mm. and that's not blending and doing the, um, you know, just one roast and stuff like that. And in some ways, I feel like, y- you know, we entered specialty because it's a niche market. Like, we, if we wanted to get rich, we would mm. be doing a different type of oh coffee. Yeah, yeah, We'd yeah. be selling pods. Um, <laughs> and and so I think in some ways, you care about your customers more. It's just a different mm. market of customer, mm. and the people who come into your shop, like they in theory they're open to new flavor experiences mm-hmm. and you're offering that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's this weird thing I feel like in specialty where we've started looking at each other and if everyone's not doing the same thing, we get insecure mm-hmm. and so you start, the people who aren't doing the same thing as you, you start to question it um, mm-hmm. or you start to question yourself. And yeah. uh, so I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that you're like, well we just, this is how we do it and this is how we choose to do it and anyone who wants something different they can walk out of your shop, and there's coffee in every direction, 50 meters away. So, mm. um, yeah, I just wanted mm. to say, I think what mm. you're doing not only pushes your customers, um, but it also pushes the industry, mm. and like it, it makes people question mm. what, they're do- mm. what they're doing, what they're doing. And I think ultimately mm. it will help us all. So, mm. thanks for that.
0: Thank you.
4: Thank you, Joanna. That Thank was you. wonderful. Please, big round of applause for Joanna.